Welcome to the Tell Janice Radio Show, where you will hear inspiring stories about life, love, and labor from amazing women to help lift you up. Now, here's your host, Janice. Thanks very much, and welcome to the show. I'm so happy that you're listening, and I'm sure you're going to learn a lot from our guest today. But before we get started, I wanted to remind you that if you know of a fabulous female that you would like me to give a shout-out to with a few words of encouragement, acknowledgement, or congratulations, please let me know their names by clicking on the link at telljanice.com. My guest today is Berhenda Williams. She's a female lucianary, and I love that. She's an author, a media personality speaker out of the greater Detroit area. I'm so excited to have her on the show today. Um, I've listened to a YouTube video of hers this morning. It brought tears to my eyes, and she is just terrific and has such a message for our girls out there. Welcome to the show, Berhenda. Hi, Janice. Hi. Sorry about that. Had a technical difficulty there. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you for having me. I'm excited too. Uh, We we usually like to get started with our guests, telling a little bit about themselves and their background and how'd you get to where you are today, Brenda? Can you start with that? Sure. So I started out as a secondary uh, Spanish teacher, and. from there, I just naturally attracted girls. They would always want to come to my classroom. I would have to put them out of my classroom. Um, we would talk, um, have conversations even after the school day had ended, and then that's what prompted me to start the organization, The Power of Girlhood. And we started at a local library and just grew from there because I spoke with my colleagues just across the, uh, the city and just unanimously there just seemed to be such a need for girls to find a safe space, to find a place for their voice, to find additional uh, support. And so I'd, I'd already um, developed a platform as a poet and a speaker, and so I just built, built from there and just utilized the resources that I had and just gave them all to, to girls. I love that, the power of girlhood. Can you start also and tell our guests about your background and in school? You started your speech with when you were 13. Yes. So at 13 years old, and I think that that's the um, place where many of us will start our, our missions is from our, our misery, so to speak. And mm-hmm. so I was 13 years old and importantly uh, insecure about my appearance and um, myself and I was an introvert and uh, teasing, as we now know as the, the populist phrase is uh, bullying. I was teased and I was mocked and um, just like I said, very poorly insecure. And so I had to revisit my 13-year-old self and affirm her and um, speak directly uh, to her in a way that, as you see, I got emotional and that made others in the room emotional because they could connect with those feelings of insecurity and isolation and um, not really knowing who you are and, and not call, being able at that tender age to kind of cultivate an intentional community for yourself. So I disappeared a lot into my own world of fantasy and poetry and literature. So, um, yes, yeah, so the power of girlhood actually helped me heal myself. 
Well, I um, really, that resonates with me because I think my year of being 13 was really a pivotal time in my life. And I think that's a really difficult transitional age for our, our girls. And then you went on to, to high school, you said. And can you tell us a little bit about who made a difference in your high school world? Wow. So I have several women to credit in my high school world. Um, my lovely senora, um, senora Wolf, which is my um, Spanish teacher, my Spanish teacher, uh, rather, really um, opened up a space for me to cultivate a talent. Um, I love the Spanish language, love the Spanish culture, and I attribute a lot of that to, to them. But I found a place that um, was safe. I found a place where I could flourish. I loved the literature that came out of the classes and the dance and the food and the expression. So they really kind of helped me find my niche, find, find my place um, in the world. I remember uh, Fiona Trazen. I had to conjugate 501 Spanish verbs and she actually took me home from school. <laughs> um, and But in that time, spending time with her after school, I learned about what was even possible. And sometimes we don't even think that there are certain things in our realm of possibility. She was going on to the United Nations as a translator. She mastered five languages. And just to see um, a woman um, in that place of power and ability was just amazing to me. So I would definitely say in my high school years, between that and the creative arts, really helped me um, come into my own. Oh, it sounds like it. And what a difference a teacher can make. Absolutely. So what, Absolutely. after high school then, how did you find your voice? What did you do following high school? So following high school, um, poetry has always been my go-to. It's always been my refuge, always my place in my notebook. I would just disappear into my notebook. And I've collected my, I've kept my notebooks from high school all the way into um, now in, in adulthood. And so while I was in college, writing became not only a therapeutic space, but also a platform for me. I went on to write for the student newspaper, the student publication. Um, it morphed into freelance opportunities for newspapers and online publications. So I would literally say that the pen has been my sword and my shield and my lamp. It's been everything, um, you know, for me. And so I think that uh, writing as a tool, especially for, for girls, can be quite a place of liberation, but also helping them create an intentional, an intentional space of refuge. I like that. The pen has been your sword. Yeah. Now, you you also mentioned your parents a couple times in the speech that I listened to. Um, you mentioned that you grew up in a middle-class family and you had some loving loving words to say about them. Can you tell, tell me about your mom and dad? So I have absolutely um, amazing parents who love and, and support their um, artistic and uh, <laughs> eccentric daughter. Um, my mom even um, pushed me. I, I went the route of uh, business, actually, while I was an undergrad, but she continuously pushed me toward art, like uh, humanities and anthropology and those things where I would a lot be more um, permitted to express my creativity. But, no, I wanted to be more practical and chose um, a different path, but it seems that everything has come back full, full circle. So I, I, I do believe that um, your parents, uh, provide for you that uh, nurturing 
space. And I was very privileged to have, you know, uh, an amazing father who just has set a, a bar for manhood um, for me that I, I feel uh, that many girls nowadays don't have, but I was fortunate enough to have. So I, I do have a, a strong um, place that I can harken back to of what feminine and masculine energies look like when they're um, at their height and at their strongest and what they can cultivate together. Right, right. And you mentioned um, going into like a practical field. Did you go into like a an organization? What, what did you do following? Because I know what, I have a, a feeling what you're doing now, but did you <laughs> get a, a typical job? I got a typical job. You know, I, I um, actually started almost like a bidding war <laughs> for a couple of marketing agencies. Um, they wanted me before I even graduated from, um, from college, even on a contingency. Um, and I sat there. I remember clear as day I was sitting in one of the interviews, and I got this sinking feeling in my stomach that this just wasn't the right thing for me. And so a few weeks after, after that, I had a chance meeting uh, with a assistant principal in a predominantly um, at a predominantly Spanish-speaking school, and he said, "You got the gift. Might want to reconsider your career path and go into teaching." I could tell right away you're a natural teacher, and that chance meeting with God rest his soul, Dr. Bernardino, who changed my life forever, and it changed my my course. And so I do believe that um, you know everything happens for a reason, and so I didn't make a mistake. Everything is part for the poor. I like that. So you didn't make a mistake. And I loved your story about when you had that group of young girls as a teacher. Um, can you tell our guests about that experience? Absolutely. So uh, we had a, a break from the traditional academic day during a time that is called intercession. And so it's a lot of team building exercises. There's a lot of group work. The way the school was designed, it was designed for you to have a small group of students that you mentor, that you um, you check on, you make sure that their grades are up to par, but also just emotionally and spiritually their, well, their, well, their well-being is, is taken care of. And so during that natural um, break, I ended up with a room full of girls, and we talked about everything. I'm talking about divorce, um, insecurity, body image, uh, career career pathways, college, you name it. And um, it went on to lunch. Like, we, I got a, a table, pushed tables and chairs together, and we just kept talking. And, and it just, a light bulb went on inside of me and said, Brenda, you've got to spread this message, you've got to create a bigger space and container for, for girls to really talk about what's going on in the inside of them. And I mean, as many of your listeners know, if we're not taking care of um, in an emotional space and a spiritual space, we can't function in our jobs, we can't function in school. So we really do have to tend to ourselves and practice mindfulness. Right. And what a difference you made that day with, I'm sure, many of those young girls. How old were they? They were in 10th grade at the time, and now um, I'm so happy to say that all of them are now in college. They're at four-year um, colleges and universities. Um, they're making changes uh, in the world. They're all change agents, and I'm so proud of the young women that they've become. And so 
Now we have uh, leaders of the new school, so we have a new group of girls that we're um, cultivating and mentoring. So, you know, they've come back from, from college over the summer, and they're so um, eager to help their little sisters. They feel like any girls go through the program are their little sisters um, as well. So they really take ownership, and I'm so glad that our moms, moms too, um, are having a hand in raising girls that may not necessarily be their own, but they are showing um, an active interest in the lives of girls that come into the program. Well, that's wonderful. Um, you mentioned your mom, too. What What did she, like, what one virtue would you say she instilled in you growing up? My mom is brutally honest. And so I love radical honesty, and she is herself. So I think being authentic and, and standing in your truth, even when it's not necessarily popular. My mom was uh, an activist um, during the Civil Rights Movement. So firsthand, um, she had to stand up to, to opposition and hold her position and what she needs to be true and right. So I just feel that um, that's, I'm a continuation um, of that work and in that stand. Well, it sounds like it, absolutely. And you mentioned, you and I talked um, about this time in, in our society of being sort of a season of change, and you yes. mentioned change agents, and you're working and mentoring women and young women doing this. Can you talk to our guests more about how you look at this time period in life and, and the season we mentioned having women uh, – kind of pruning women, so to speak, to get into the political realm, too. We talked a little bit about that. Can you can you talk to our audience about that? Sure. And I love the word that you use, pruning, because that really feels like that's what it is. And, of course, you know, the, the act of pruning is not comfortable. It's picking apart. It's um, tearing. <laughs> and that mm-hmm. is really uncomfortable. But it's necessary. So the work that I do even for women, um, I have a program called Superwomen Anonymous, um, Cut Your Cape and Live. It's sort of um, ending the, the martyrdom and operating more um, in your feminine. And so I do believe in this in this season, in the political sphere, um, in the business sphere, the, the, the feminine way is so needed. And we have to get back to that um, space and we have to... Uh, show up fully as ourselves in order to create change. And so I'm seeing this just all over my community, uh, communities across the country. I had an opportunity to present at South by Southwest this year. And so women from all over came, um, I would even say, converged. And we're all feeling this pull to something greater, to be authentic, to be true to ourselves, and to answer this calling to change the landscape. Oh, I definitely feel that, and I, I felt the connection when we spoke earlier today. Um, this is this is what we need to do with with our young women today is is prune them into you know owning themselves. And I had interviewed a, a woman a few months ago, and she said, "Own your greatness," and that's kind of what I felt with you listening to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's so kind of you to say thank you, but it's it's really true. And I think um, it's not cliche to say own your greatness or own your brilliance, you know, shine your light so that others have permission to shine theirs. It's very true. And I feel also, even in nature, when we look at how stars are born, if that gas stays on the inside, the star will die. So just like the stars, we have to 
own our light and express that light or else we too, you know, will succumb. It's too much to hold inside. It's too much to contain in, in one body. We have to share it. Oh, I I absolutely agree with that. So tell me, tell our listeners about what else you're doing out there in the world for Henda. Okay, so in the world, I am, um, you know, doing a leadership series uh, for girls, and um, we have women who come in um, in a very, very, very informal panel, and we do this in a tea house, and it's, you know, free to participants, and we have women coming in from different sectors, so we have women in politics that will have come in, we've had women entrepreneurs that have come in, we've had women in diversity and inclusion um, to come in, and then Next month, we'll have women from the entertainment industry to come in because I'm also very, very um, aware of the influence that media has on girls and particularly in the entertainment industry. Um, Be who you are. You know, I love Alicia Keys' stance on um, no makeup. Uh, Mm -hmm. I love um, different celebrities who um, are foregoing the the airbrushing process and um, Photoshop so that they can show up more authentically because they understand the influence that that has on a girl's self-esteem and um, her identity. So I love that. Also in the world, I'm doing um, more poetry. So I'm a a spoken word artist as well. That's my love and one of my um, passions. So I'm combining poetry and and dance and and song for my community and and the world to tap into our creativity, to tap into our spiritual essences, and collectively, you know, set intentions and uh, own all of who we are. Well, that's wonderful. You also mentioned, and I think this is really important for our listeners too, is um, what the media brings to what the expectations are for young girls, especially. And you mentioned Seventeen Magazine and reading that. Can you tell our listeners that experience when you were so young? Oh, yes. So there were very few um, publications, and Seventeen Magazine was one of the larger ones, but I didn't see an image of myself. I didn't see um, a five-foot-two African-American girl in Seventeen Magazine. And a lot of the commercials, um, some of the images that I would see would be uh, women who were maybe ethnically nondescript. So I felt um, like I was invisible and that the person that I am is not beautiful because if if I were beautiful, then I would see the representation of it. And unfortunately, um, I didn't see that. So I get excited now when I see, you know, Queen Latifah. Um, I get excited, you know, when I can see a Viola Davis. It's exciting to me. Um, you know, when you look on the television and you see that, you know, one of the top rated shows like Scandal um, is an Olivia Pope, someone who looks like you, Carrie Washington, who's doing amazing things in the world, and Shonda Rhimes, who has just knocked it out of the park with um, drama and writing. So it gives credence to the things that um, that I'm very passionate about, writing and creativity. I see, I can see it. And then, of course, First Lady Michelle Obama, hello, <laughs> elegance mm-hmm. personified. I think it's a euphoric time um, to be a girl, and especially to be um, a girl or a woman of color to see this beauty in the landscape and that you, your existence is validated when you see things like that. Oh, I, I 100% agree with that, especially with Michelle Obama and the, the legacy she's leaving for, for women of color and just women in general. Just women, um, period. That's right. She, yeah, she's amazing. 
And so how, like, you and I have talked about getting together and and taking those steps necessary to help our young our young girls. I have a 26 year old daughter, and I feel so compelled. And you use the word too. You just feel compelled to help these women find themselves as as you have been doing. So, what's your next step? Yes. So my next step is I'll be launching um I'll be launching a magazine in the fall. I'm so excited about that. Um, the Power of Girlhood is, is morphing into an online publication, and we'll be coming out with that quarterly, again, to um, give the girls a platform to speak. And so the way that it operates is that we have, for example, college students to sort of shepherd the um, middle and high school students to help cultivate their voice and their writing. And so the platform is specifically for girls. So we want to see more girl writers. We want to see more girl film producers. We want to see more girl designers. So I really feel like um, beyond complaining about what we see in media, why don't we influence what's seen in media and mobilize the girls in a way that they feel the validity of their voice, they understand their power of choice and um, expression. So that's Mm -hmm. the next thing for us. And um, also, we'll, we'll be soliciting um, bloggers as well. So I'll send you details, you know, on that. Um, you know, please to share with your listeners to get their daughters involved or them involved because, you know, we want adult women to share their life stories from 13, 15, 16, the things that, that they would say now with a little bit of uh, age and wisdom what would you say to your 16-year-old self? What would you say to your 17-year-old self um, that you didn't necessarily know then that you've learned now? Because, again, there's no such thing as a mistake. Everything is just par for the course. Anything that you go through, if you survive it, I I feel 120%. It wasn't just for you. It's for you to share that experience with someone else. And I feel that even mentorship as an adult woman, we still need that. We still need the mother wit. We still need the, the, the maternal wisdom. I ask my mother questions all the time still. And, I've, and now I've got gray hairs coming in, and I still, need, <laughs> I still need guidance, and I still need help. And there's things that I don't always get right or correctly or I get confused about. So I don't think you ever stop learning, and I don't think you ever outgrow the need for your mother or that maternal influence. We need that. Oh, we do. And if you don't um, have a mom, then you can be a mentor or a mom to another another female that that, that doesn't right. have one. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. That's right. You, I loved when I was listening to you, and you had tears rolling down your 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 face, and you said that <laughs> sure your did. message, yeah, and your message was not just for you it was for everyone either in the audience or who was watching your Mm -hmm. your youtube video can you talk more about Mm -hmm. that sure so um you know i was coached um for that storytelling event so shout out to satori shakur for the secret Mm -hmm. secret society of twisted storytellers for creating such a platform even when she was coaching me um it was uncomfortable because i wanted to tell the story from the third person and not the first and she wouldn't allow me to escape which that i love the accountability 
that was placed on me for that. So the message was clear. We've got to love ourselves. We have to own our humanity. We have to own our um, divinity. And and nothing um, about us is is by mistake or um, happenstance. I mean, the bodies that we're in is on purpose. The, The time that we're in is also intentional and on purpose. So that's the central message that I want to convey to everyone. And even, you know, maybe some of the male listeners that are listening to your show now, you have such an influence on your daughter's life or if you're an uncle, your niece's life, you know, that, that male influence is priceless. So you teach her at a very young age her worth and her, her value by your interaction um, with her. So it's going to take, um, I feel like in any movement, it's going to take the collective to uh, be responsive. And so when things happen, you know, unfortunately the tragedy that happened with those 50 people in the club in Orlando, it's going to take all of us to be outraged. We all need to be outraged behind that. Absolutely. That was just absolutely horrific. Um, And, and, you know, band together and, and, support one another and um, right. lift each other up, really, what it, what it uh, boils down to. I have one last question for you because I've been reading, and mm-hmm. you are also a radio personality for the Honey Bee Chronicles. Can you talk more about that? Sure. So the Honey Bee Chronicles has been on a little bit of a hiatus, but we are coming back um, in the fall as well. Uh, we're still kind of in the negotiations with that, but the Honey Bee Chronicles um, – is a uh, radio show where we talk about our pop culture, culture, um, community influencers, and uh, relationships and sort of the human experience um, in its totality. And um, we review new music for artists who are on the verge because I just feel really beholden to supporting um people who are on the rise, people who may not necessarily have um, a voice on larger platforms being sort of that bridge or like a um, like a gatekeeper to bring them to, to the forefront. So I'm so grateful um, to have interviewed um, some really fantastic people, both locally and internationally. We even had an interview with um, Lynn St. James, the race car driver. So I think that, um, you know, media has, is such a strong influencer. And I think that there are responsible journalists such as yourself that are giving platforms um, to people who are doing amazing work in the world. And so, again, I think that any answer um, to a current situation or problem can't be answered at that level. We have to vibrate higher and be at a higher frequency um, to be the solution that we're looking for. Oh, I love that. So you definitely are vibrating at a very high, high frequency, perhaps. I try. I try. I, I don't know what you're not doing. You're doing so much, and I'm I'm just really honored to have you on the show today. And um, I know our listeners really have have um, an opportunity to to learn about what you're doing and just to to get out there and be yourself and like like we said, own your greatness. And right. the power you're, you're doing, the power of girlhood. I love it. This is this is what Thank we need you. to. This is the message we need to get out. Um, how can our listeners get in, in touch with you? Sure. So they can log on to www. 
www.thepowerofgirlhood.org to find out everything about uh, girlhood. And they can also contact me directly at Williams, and that's spelled I-A-M Berhenda, B-E-R hyphen H-E-N-D-A Williams.com. Well, thank you so much, Brenda Williams. You definitely are a female lucianary. It's been such a (laughs) pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure being with you. Thank you. We'll definitely be in touch. Thank you so much. Terrific. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Have a great day. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. You too. Ladies, I am so happy that you tuned in today and learned from our amazing, fantastic female guests, and I hope you recognize this as an opportunity to pass their knowledge on to your daughters and friends and share the wisdom of the ages. I'll talk to you again soon, and in the meantime, let's lift each other up, spread the love, and share an attitude of gratitude. Every three minutes, another woman gets the news that she has breast cancer, and here are some of the first words she hears. Hurt 